This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Let's just welcome our San Antonio families watching us live tonight. We love you. We love you, Natalie, Candace. We love you. Everyone watching us, we love you. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the celebration. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your provision. Thank you, Father, for giving us authority. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness towards us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me now, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And I declare I am a servant, Father, ready to be used by the Master. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll rise up and think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay tonight. And I thank you that I'll speak your word fearlessly, boldly, accurately, carried by the wind of the Spirit. Thank you, Father, that fear will be dispelled, but faith will rise up in the heart of your children. We are Christian Family Church. We're not only hearers of the word, Father, but we doers of the word, and therefore we have good success in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I'm a doer of the word, and you may be seated. The title of my message tonight is, How God Rescued Me. And the good news is that God has rescued me out of so many situations, and God is going to rescue you also. On the Christmas On Christmas Eve 2009, our daughter Natalie phoned us and said, Mom and Dad, I'm coming home. She had just been married for eight months, and she said, My husband has told me I must leave the apartment, I must leave our house, I must come back to you because he's filing for divorce. That was Christmas Eve. So Natalie came home and we reached out to her husband, but he never answered our calls. But you know, the Bible says that you train a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they'll know exactly what to do. And so she came home and although she was brokenhearted, and you can imagine it's Christmas time. Christmas is a time of giving, of fellowship, of fun. It's a time where we honor the the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to have this on Christmas Eve wasn't going to be the best Christmas ever. But Natalie decided the best thing she could do for herself was to go into God's presence and seek His face, that the will of God would be done in her life. So the day after Christmas, Natalie started a 21-day fast for her marriage and her husband. She asked me to join her for the 21 days, and I did. She stayed home, and she put herself away in her room, and she fasted, she prayed, she praised, she worshiped, and she prayed in tongues for between two to four hours every single day. She listened to her father's CDs. She listened to other people's CDs. She built her faith and she praised and worshiped the Lord. She said she felt like she was in a cocoon of God's presence and his peace surrounded her. After the first 21 days of fasting, she took a week off and then she asked me, Mom, will you fast with me again the 21 days? So I crossed my fingers and said, Sure. <laughs> But I said, no, Natalie, I really can't do another 21 right now. It wasn't a good time for me. It's always a good time to fast. But nevertheless, she, this time she was taking her second day, 21 days, and she was going to fast for the will of God to be done in her life. Again, she pressed into God, 
And after the second 21 days of fasting, it was my turn to come to South Africa to preach. And I said, Natalie, why don't you come with me? Come and enjoy the presence of the Lord and come in with me and let God speak to you while we are away from San Antonio. And she said she would. But you know, when she came to South Africa, she did the same thing. She got into her closet in her room here in the house. She fasted, she prayed, she worshiped, she prayed in tongues for hours a day. She did not go out with her friends. She did not go for coffee. She did not go for movies. She did not connect with anyone. She put all distractions aside and she pressed into the things of God. While we were in South Africa, we got the news that her husband had been seen a stripper in Houston. So he was hanging around with a stripper girl. And so while they were still married. And so she got in her heart the, the release from the Lord that she did not need to stay with him anymore. Now, every marriage is different, and God will lead each and every couple. But in this case, she felt that God would release her and let him go. Our doctor at the time, and Dr. Brian, he suggested that Natalie go and see a clinical psychologist for counseling, just to talk to somebody outside the family. We thought it was a good idea. And we agreed, and she went for two sessions with him. After the second session, he shook her by the hand and he congratulated her. He said, Natalie, usually women that have gone through what you have gone through, they take one year to recover emotionally. He said he cannot believe her emotional recovery and her stability. He could not believe her, her faith in God, her steadfastness. He couldn't believe her strength and her faith. He was not born again. He shook her by the hand and said, Natalie, never leave your church because it's a source of your strength. What he was really saying is don't leave God because God is a source of your strength. Now, while Natalie and I were away in South Africa, I want to tell you what was going on in San Antonio. It was January the 17th in Kansas. Our other daughter was deciding to do her grocery shop, which she usually does on after church on a Sunday afternoon. She went to the grocery shop, as is her custom, and noticed a very good-looking guy going down one of the aisles. So she was on the phone to a friend, and she thought, Wow, she said, there's such a good-looking guy. Would you like to, uh, you know, meet him? He, maybe I can get you to, to connect with him. Would you like to have a, a friend? So this girl on the other side, yes, I'd love to meet him. Go and get his name and number and see if he's married. So Candace, with her shopping cart, she went up the aisle. She was following this guy. In fact, she was stalking him up the vegetable aisle, down the potato aisle, up the pasta aisle, down the drinks aisle, until the, she bumped into his his shopping cart and he said are you stalking me and they burst into la uh, laughter and she said no look the truth of the matter is I'm very happily married showing him her ring she said but I wanted to know um, are you married he said no I'm not married well, are you engaged no I'm not engaged do you have a girlfriend no I don't have a girlfriend she said then good would you like to be my friend on Facebook this guy just looked at her and he said okay and he became a friend on Facebook right there and then she said, you know, um, I would like to invite you to church. And, he gave, and she gave him a church card. Well, that was, that was that, and she left. Well, she didn't hear from him for a few weeks. And then one morning, his name was Lance. His name is Lance. He woke up <laughs> with an overwhelming desire to go to church. 
And so he called Candace and he said, Candace, I would like to come to church with you and your husband. And this was February, 20, uh, February 27th. So he went to church with Candace and Travis, and then he went out to dinner with them. And then he read one of posts that Candace wrote to his sister on Facebook. And he felt the sympathy and the compassion because he said it was an all too familiar feeling. Because Lance had been divorced before and he understood the pain and the trauma and the heartache that goes along with it. And Lance asked Candace if everything okay with your sister Natalie. And then Candace told him that Natalie was going through a divorce. And then he said, do you think it would be out of place if I sent her an encouraging email? And so now Candace said, go ahead, send her an encouraging email. So when we got back from South Africa, um, it wasn't a few weeks later that Lance asked Natalie for coffee. The very first time they went for coffee, Natalie said, if you want to be my friend, I don't come by myself. I come, I'm a package deal. I come with my family. I come with my friends. And above all, I come with Jesus and my church. Lance thought it was a great idea. The second coffee she had, she said, Lance, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit because praying in tongues is very important to me. He's from a Lutheran background. So nevertheless, she brought him home. And at, um, Apostle Theo, he went through uh, the whole Bible study on about the importance of speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And at half past nine at night, the presence of the Lord came into our kitchen. Lance wept for an hour as he was gloriously filled with the Spirit of God and spoke in other tongues. He couldn't get enough of God. On Apostle Theo's birthday, on the 13th of April, Natalie was officially divorced and Lance officially asked her to be his girlfriend. But now I want to show you from Lance's point of view, years and years ago, he had a dream. He dreamt he would meet a girl in the grocery store who had a foreign accent and that this girl would lead him to somebody who would change his life forever. Isn't it amazing, family, that God knows the end from the beginning? Even if we make a mistake, He's going to rescue us out of all our troubles. And so He bumped into Candace with a, a girl with a foreign accent, and of course, he, she introduced him to Natalie, and his life was changed forever. Lance is sold out for God and can't get enough of God. He loves us. He loves the church. He loves Candace and, and Travis. And people say, how can, such, how can that happen in such a short time? How can God deliver Natalie's heart out of heartache, out of pain, out of distress? How can God unscramble that egg and bring her the most amazing husband? I believe family is because she pressed into the presence of God she sought God diligently because the Bible said, if you seek, you will find. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is not a rewarder of the casual inquirers. What God did for Natalie, he can do for you. God rescued Natalie out of a life of shame and pain, and God can do it for each and every one of us. And Lance and Natalie got married on the 8th of August, 2010, and today they have three little children, Ava, Ella, 
and baby Judah. So we thank God that he rescued her and gave her the most amazing life. And he can do that for you, family, because God is no respecter of persons. I do not believe, I do not remember a time in my life that we needed God to unleash his power like we need right now. Fear is gripping the world like nothing I've ever seen before. There's a fear of failed economy, loss of jobs, and threats of war everywhere. Everyone seems to be on edge. But I believe it's time for us as a people in a church, honestly, family, to wake up. We got to answer the call because God is ready to provide us with spiritual breakthroughs that will change our lives. God will fill us with hope like never before, but we will never forget these words that God can do more for us in a moment than we can do for ourselves in a lifetime. You see, fasting and prayer are one of God's gateways to breakthroughs. We all need breakthroughs in our lives. We need breakthroughs in our churches. We need breakthroughs in our country. We need breakthroughs in our families. We need breakthrough in our finances, in our neighborhoods. We need the outpouring of God's spirit, but desperate times call for desperate measures. Are you ready to take the next step? You see, God's power is before you and you can know the power of God. Luke 137 says, for nothing is impossible with God. The core message of the New Testament is that the power of God changes people. That means God can take a difficult marriage and turn it around. God can take someone who's sick and make them whole. And while we frantically search for the next promise of power, the next promise of personal fulfillment, or the next promise of self-gratification, God is standing by patiently waiting, holding a connection that's going to give us the greatest source of power that we'll ever know. It's a source of power that is still under underutilized. It's still misunderstood, pure and simple. It's the power of God that will be manifested through, through prayer and fasting. This power is so great that regardless of the obstacles, breakthrough is possible. This power can penetrate the darkest spiritual warfare. It's so advanced it can break through the highest, thickest, deepest wall that may exist before you. When you feel overwhelmed by circumstances, when you feel intimidated by challenges, when we worry about job security or the fear of the future, when the power of prayer and fasting is discovered and developed in our lives, we are going to experience the breakthroughs that Satan has convinced us were impossible. But God specializes in the impossible and the entry family into knowing this kind of supernatural power is through prayer and fasting. God can take a very difficult situation and turn it about. But we have got to say, Father, I'm going to seek you diligently. And when we seek him diligently, he will reward us. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you two personal stories right now. And you're going to see how I use the principles of faith. And when we use the principles of faith, they work each and every time. And faith is the same in every uh, realm. So whatever your challenge might be tonight, with whatever you're believing God for, these principles will work for each and every one of us. So lean in and listen to my stories.
We all know that diamonds are a girl's best friend. We all know that dogs are a man's best friend. But diamonds are a girl's best friends. In the year 2000, it was our 20th wedding anniversary. And I said to my, my husband, said to me, Bev, what would you like for your 20th wedding anniversary? I said, I don't know. You know what? This is 20 years ago. I think I would like to have an upgrade on my wedding ring. So, you know, my husband is so practical. said, Bev, you know, we are paying off our house. We're paying off the cars. Buying an upgrade is not really a practical thing. So I said, you know, my babe, I've already know that God is my source. And so I think I'm going to go to my Heavenly Father and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask my Heavenly Father for a ring because guess what? He doesn't have to pay off anything in heaven. He doesn't have to pay off the cars. He's got no mortgage in heaven. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to bypass you and go to one little higher than you. And so I decided I'm going to start getting pictures of the ring that I would really like. And so if you know me, I'm extravagant. I'm over the top. I'm not normal because I think normal is overrated and I like to be different. And so I said, I got a scripture because, you know, you always got to hold on to a scripture. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You've got to put God first. God, you're first in my life. I love you. I worship you. I praise you. But I thank you, Lord, for the desire of my heart is I just would like to have an upgrade in my ring, if you don't mind, Lord. And Lord, I know you, so I wouldn't mind a two-carat ring. It must be two-carat because, and then you can have a lot of baguettes on the outside. But Lord, just surprise me with a big, big ring. And so I just got a vision board and I put it up. And you know, family, the truth of the matter is I wasn't faith with hints. You know how many people I'm believing for? Oh, guess what? I'm believing for a car, and you're talking to a rich man. I'm believing for this, but you know they can provide it for you. But the best is when you go to your heavenly father, and you don't tell anybody what you're believing for, because when God answers you, it is just phenomenal. And so I just had my own little vision board. I put my own little pictures up, and I worshiped the Lord, and I carried on my life. And about a year later, we were in, in um, America, and a pastor's wife said, can I come and see you at your hotel? I said, absolutely. She came, and she gave me a little gift, and I, I opened the gift, and inside this gift was this huge ring, huge ring. The, the center was two carrots. It had baguettes all around it. I looked at it. I froze. I cried. I just, I just it was almost overwhelming. But it was exactly what I had believed in God for. And she never knew anything and no one knew anything about it. Ephesians 3.20 came alive now to him who is able, family, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Sometimes us family, we're putting the ceiling too low. Lift up the ceiling. Say, God, you can do it. Lift up your eyes. Have expectation that God can give you above and beyond all your wildest dreams. Believe the Lord for the best because he wants to give the very best to you. And so I worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord. I treasured my ring. I didn't bring it with me, obviously. Where's my picture of my ring? Thank you for paying attention. My ring. I didn't, uh, it's not here with me, but there's my ring. And I said to the, and I loved my ring and I wear my ring and wherever I go, people say, wow, what a ring. And I said, can I tell you about my ring? 
And then I begin to tell them how I believe God. They can hardly believe what I'm telling them, but it's my, it's my testimony. And I, I go around and I talk and tell everybody about the goodness of God. They can hardly believe what they see. And then someone once said to me, why don't you sew your ring? So I said, why must I sew my testimony? If I give my ring, I'll lose my testimony. I'm not going to do that. Hello. And then we uh, expanded the ministry to San Antonio. And so we, it is our custom. I come three weeks in, in uh, February or, or May. And, and so we go back and forth. And we had just been in San Antonio for a year and we came together. But it was my turn to go home, I think, on my own. So I did. I went home on my own. And we didn't have a house. We were staying in a, in a, a small apartment, and we didn't know anybody. The only people we really knew was a builder who was going to build our house for us. And uh, his name was Robert, and his wife's name was Shirley. And so we would, I phoned Shirley. I said, Shirley, I'm coming back to San Antonio. Would you mind collecting me at the airport and taking me home? She said, no, no worries. I'll do that. And so when I arrived home, I flew American Airlines, got to San Antonio. She was there uh, to collect me at the airport, and I put my suitcases in her car. We went to my apartment, our apartment, and took the suitcases out, said goodbye to Shirley, went upstairs. I had a cup of tea, and then I started looking in my handbag for my ring, and I couldn't find it. And so my heart began to race. I started getting sweaty in my hands. And I started looking everywhere. I looked everywhere in my suitcase. I looked in my handbag. I, looked, I started looking everywhere in the apartment, every single square inch, looking for my ring. I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I started to, I decided that I would f uh, f um, call American Airlines and see if anyone handed in the ring. So I called American Airlines. No one had handed in the ring. And so then I decided and the devil, was, well, first of all, the devil was telling me in my head, you've lost your ring, you'll never see it again, you're so careless, your test me is gone, you're so thoughtless, you're so stupid, you're so irresponsible, you never even insured it, now you can't even submit a claim for it, you'll never see your ring again. But you know, when the devil started talking to me in my head, something even bigger rose up inside me and I, it was a Holy Ghost and the Word of God and it came out of my mouth boldly and, and loudly, I said, no devil, you can't have my ring in Jesus' name. I said, I bind you, Satan, and I release the angels of God to go and find my ring wherever it is. Even if you've got to go to the aeroplane, pick it up, angels, you can do that. You can bring it back to me. I don't care where it is. Angels, you're supernatural. You take your little selves and you go and get those my ring and you bring it back to me. And I'm holding fast my confession of faith and you're, the, you're, the, you're ministering spirits for the heirs of salvation. So please get my ring. And so then I just praise the Lord. Family, I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for my ring. Thank you, Father, for my ring. Thank you, Father, for my ring. You see, because for me to win on the outside, I had to win on the inside first. You see, because emotions of panic or your heart might be racing, you'll feel sweaty in your hands, but you have to know what to do. I knew I had to practice what I preach. I had to boldly declare out of my mouth, I have my ring. Even when I couldn't see my ring, I have my ring. Even when I didn't know where my ring is, I have my ring. I boldly confess, I have my ring. I could not even entertain 
thoughts of doubt and unbelief. When those thoughts would come to me, I would boldly and declarely declare, uh, praise God, I believe my ring. Thank you, Jesus, I have my ring. I did everything in the natural to find my ring by phoning the, the airlines. Even there, though they said there's no ring, I held fast to my confession of faith. I kept calm and walked in the peace of God. In the natural, I should be falling apart. I should be worrying and panicking, but I refused. Because listen to this, is so powerful. The evidence that we have given our challenge to the Lord is that we are living worry-free. The evidence that we've given our challenge to the Lord is that we're living worry-free. And so I then decided I'll call Shirley, the lady who uh, brought me home. It was a week later. I said, hi, Shirley, I might have left something in your car. Would you like to go and have a look? And she said, honestly, I highly doubt that there's anything in my car, anything valuable. She said, because as soon as I dropped you off at your apartment, I went and fetched my daughter and my four grandchildren. We piled into my car. We went for a week's holiday. We went on a road trip. We went on a vacation. We had kids in and out the car. And when I came back from the vacation, I took my car to professional car wash, and they did a complete clean from top to bottom. So there's nothing anywhere in the car. So I said, Shirley, just go have a look. And she phoned me. She says, I think I've got something for you. And I said, have you found my ring? She said, yes, I've got your ring. She said it was under the, the, um, the thing in the mat, the car mat right in. So in, in spite of a vacation, in spite of all the grandchildren in and out the car, in spite of her taking it to a professional car wash, God kept my ring safe. And family, God is going to keep your things safe when you trust Him for it, hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. God is going to bring it back to you. And you think, oh, Pastor Ben, that's just a ring. That's exactly what I'm saying. If God can look after my insignificant ring, can you imagine what He's going to take care of you? God is interested in your things. God is interested in everything about you. And another opportunity to use my faith when we, it was in 2016, Apostle Theo and my girls, they bought me a beautiful bracelet with diamonds on it because we love bling bling, don't we girls? And we bought me for my 60th birthday. And so it was our custom in November, we go in uh, to Epcot Center, we go to Disney World. And so we went to visit Epcot Center. And that day, we had Clayton Jennings and his wife came with us. We went to a restaurant. It was a self-serve. We sat down to eat. And I had my beautiful um, bracelet on my arm. Well, we sat down to eat. And then after at the self-serve restaurant, you pick up your tray. You take it to the trash can. You throw all your, your uh, leftovers into the trash can. You put your tray on top of the, the rubbish bin, the trash can, and then you leave. Well, when I went to uh, throw all my, the, you know, my leftovers away, I noticed that my bracelet was not on my arm. But, you know, I've already found my ring. I'd slain one giant. I've done already. So I looked, I said, okay, I called a manager and I said, ma'am, will you just help me? I want to, un I want to look into this uh, trash can. I don't care if I get, I want you to open it. I want to dig my hands all over. You can open it. I don't care what, if I get into the food, I don't care. I want to see everything in that trash can. Well, we went through all the trash. There was no bracelet. 
So I said to my husband, I said, my honey, come here. I said, Clayton Jones, come here. I said to his wife, come here. Right in the, in the restaurant in the middle of Disney World, I could care less. This was my bracelet. I needed to find it. I'm not worrying what people think about me or what they're going to say about me. I'm going to get my bracelet back. But I've got to do something. So I held hands. Are we going to hold hands? I don't know why, but just because we hold hands in church, we hold hands. So I stood up in the restaurant. We are in the restaurant, and I boldly declared, I said, now Satan, I want you to know that I'm a tither. Everyone could hear that I was a tither. I am a tither, and you cannot allow to touch my property, nothing missing, nothing broken. Take your hands off my property in the name of Jesus. And then I said, now, angels of God, once again, you've done this before. You can do it again. You're going to get my bracelet wherever it is, and I thank you that I have it in Jesus' name. Well, that was it. Now I had given my, my challenge to the Lord, and I was determined that the devil was not going to take, steal my joy. I was going to have a fun day that day. But all day I was just praise the Lord under my breath. Thank you, Lord, for my bracelet. Thank you, Lord, for my bracelet. Thank you, Lord, for my bracelet. And I had a wonderful day. Well, 11 o'clock at night, we were leaving. I said, wait a minute. I've got to go to customer service because my bracelet is there. Someone's handed my bracelet. I've got to go and get it. So then I went to customer service at 11 o'clock at night, and I said, oh, hi, um, I've just come for my bracelet. I left it at the restaurant called The Land. It's a shiny little bracelet. It's got little diamonds on it. It's David Humans, and someone's handed it in, and I've just come to collect it. So the man said to me, funny enough, 10 minutes ago, someone brought a shiny little thing in here. So I said, yes, that's my bracelet. And so I said, just give it to me. And thank God I got my bracelet back. In spite of being over there, there was 50,000 people who went through that park that day. It was a busiest uh, season. But in yet, in spite of the overwhelming odds, I held fast my confession of faith without wavering. I walked boldly and confidently into the office. I explained to them that someone had brought my bracelet in and I held fast my confession of, of faith and family. The Lord gave me back my bracelet. And God will give you back your things if you hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. The angels of God will go and get whatever you lost or whatever you need. It's just that we got to hold fast a confession of faith. We've got to take doubt out of our mind, our unbelief out of our mind, concern and worry. It's got to go. We've got to actually believe the Bible is true. And now the last story. This story Many of you might have heard a few times, but it's a story that's impacted my life, and I want to share it with you, especially those who haven't heard it. And, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So we are going to be encouraged once again. It was Celebration 2013. It was Monday night. It was the 23rd of September, and after ministering all day, we got to bed at midnight, as is our custom. In fact, it's been 2 o'clock in the morning since we've been here, right? But it's all good. But and then that day, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. It was a Tuesday, early Tuesday. The phone rang. Funny enough, you know, when the phone rings at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's not usually good news, right? And so I jumped out of bed, and I got the phone. And I picked up the phone, and I just held it to my ear, and I listened to what Candace, our daughter, was telling me. My face was expressionless. And I didn't say a word. I kept my mouth shut and I walked over to Dr. Theo, Apostle Theo was lying in bed and without saying a word, I gave him the phone. It was our daughter Candace. 
She's married to Travis, the mother of Uriah and Troy, and today they've got a little baby called Elliot. There's little baby Elliot. And Candace told her dad everything that she had told me. It was the evening in San Antonio, and she had bathed the kids, and she was dressing Troy on the dressing table, on the changing table, which was about three and a half feet high. When she turned around to get something to, um, to you know, uh, for the changing table or like some diaper cream or something, the little Troy, he rolled off the changing table, and as he rolled off the cha- changing table, he hit his head on the concrete floor and his back. He, he, a canister is heard, thud, 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 clap, and he cracked his skull. So immediately, Candace and Travis took little Troy to the ER, and the MRI showed that he had fractured, fractured his skull with bleeding on the inside, bleeding on the outside of his skull, that the blood was coming out of his skull and co- uh, coagulating under the skin to the size of a golf ball. Candace called us when she got this news, but they had to rush to another hospital where they were more well-equipped to handle this kind of case. When she told Apostle Theo and I this news, this is what he did. When tragedy comes, this is what Apostle Theo did, and let us all learn from it. He shut out everything. He shut out all fear. He shut out all emotion. He shut out all concern. He shut out everything, and he focused on listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying. And he said, Holy Spirit, what now? Say this with me. My victory will always come through a verse in the Bible. My victory will always come through a verse in the Bible. And the scripture the Lord gave to Apostle Theo was Numbers 14, 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my presence, so I will do to you. Dr. Apostle Thea and I, we we meditated on it. We just looked at it. We hadn't prayed yet. Apostle Thea was waiting on the precious Holy Spirit to, why? To ask, why have you given me this verse? Then he understood what the God was saying to him. He said, God said to Apostle Thea, I'm waiting to hear the first words that will come from your mouth so I can act on them. You see, if I had said, "Our, our grandson is brain damaged, he would be brain damaged. If I said he's critical, he would be critical. If I said, what are we going to do? That's exactly what would happen. But I thank God it was one time I kept my mouth shut. And God was waiting to hear what words were going to come out of our mouth so God could act on them. Because God cannot do more for us than our words of faith will allow Him to do. God cannot do more for us than our words of faith will allow Him to do. So God is only going to act on our words, good or bad. Then Pastor Thea and I, I, we closed the curtains and the doors of our bedroom because we were about to terrorize the devil. How many of you have ever shut your curtain and you terrorized the devil? 
While we were about to terrorize the devil, he has had such a blimmin' cheek to come and harass us during celebration. Come against our grandson. Not on. Not on our watch. You're messing with the wrong family. We said together, you know how Apostle Theo is? I've got to hold his hand. He says it. I say it. So I've got to hold his hand. Hey, Satan. Satan. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off Troy. Take your hands off Troy. I command the life of God. I command the life of God to flow into his brain, to flow into his brain and scowl in the name of Jesus. We terrorize the devil with the words of our faith. We said, I command health and healing to flow in the name of Jesus. Right now, according to Numbers 14, 28, we declare in the presence of God that Troy is well in Jesus' name and God hears our declaration. Therefore, we declare from this moment on, Troy, you are healed in Jesus' name. We get to begin to praise the Lord. We're going to be honor the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. We were worshiping. We were praising the Lord. We were praying in other tongues. When we heard the phone ring, I picked up the phone. It was Natalie, our other daughter, and she said, Please, Daddy, you've got to get the whole church to pray for Troy. Apostle Theo just listened and said, Holy Spirit, what now? And immediately the Holy Spirit gave him a verse in the Bible. Mark 5.39 says he, he went inside and spoke to the people. Why all this weeping and commotion? He asked. The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. And he told them, hey, you unbelievers, outside. Go outside. He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Get up, little girl. And the girl, who was only 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around, and her parents were absolutely overwhelmed. But Jesus went to Jairus' house, and he told all the unbelieving believers to get out the room. You see, you cannot mix your faith with unbelieving believers. You have to tell the unbelief to get out the room. Excuse me, if you can't say yes to my miracle, would you mind out the way? Because we are having a supernatural miracle right now and you are in my way. You need to get out the way. You need to go outside. We're having supernatural manifestation of God's healing power right here. If you can't believe for us, then out the way you go. Kick the believers, our unbelievers out the room. Don't be afraid to offend people. If they can't believe with you, say, excuse me, will you just move out the way? Go into the coral wall. I don't need you. We don't need you because we are having the supernatural. And if you can't handle it, just wait in the waiting room. And so the apostle Theo said to Natalie, no. Hang on. We are not going to get the church to pray. We are going to slay this giant on our own. And you may answer, why, apostle Theo, don't you want the church to come along with you and pray? Well, you see, family, there's a lot of people who are going to talk about the problem and not talk to the problem. And you know how we love to skin a rendikark? We like to talk about everybody and everything, especially if it's in the pastor's house. But if you talk to the mountain, it will go. But if you talk about the mountain, it will grow. We didn't need people talking about the problem. 
because we believe the problem had disappeared. We didn't want them talking about something because we believe the word was true. So we, Apostle Thea said, no, Natalie, we're not going to ask the church to pray. We are going to do this as a family. Apostle Theo then texted Travis and Candace and said, let's come into agreement with Numbers 14, 28. God said, as I live, says the Lord, just as you've spoken in my hearing, I will do it. Jesus said, if any two agree on earth as touching anything, they ask, it shall be done for them by the Father in heaven. Our bold declaration is Troy's brain is well, according to Numbers 14, 28. Eight. We began to pray in tongues. We're going to pray in tongues. We're going to worship the Lord, my husband and I. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor. Glory to God. We were not doing, oh, when people go to war, do they pick up their weapons or they? No, we're soldiers. We're in a battle. We're in a war. And not for five minutes and finish. I want a prayer meeting. Five minutes finish. What are you going to achieve in five minutes? No, when you go to war, you go to save that giant. You kill the giant. We prayed. We worshiped for four hours and 20 minutes. Four hours and 20 minutes. Then my husband said to me, Beverly, We've entered in, we've stepped over, we've got joy unspeakable, full of glory. It's done. He said, it's done. So then, you know what, family? We got up, we got dressed, we came to church. It was my turn to preach. And you know, I couldn't wait. My message was, uh, the giants are coming, but their heads are going to roll. And I said, devil, I'm not preaching to the people. I'm preaching to you. Your head. You see, we came to church. We didn't tell our staff. We didn't tell the pastors. We were happy. Why? We acted as if the word was true. We acted normal. We have to act like the Bible is true. By Tuesday evening, we heard no news. We were not worried. We were not texting. We were not phoning. We were not in a panic. We were happy. We were having celebration. We had dealt with the devil. So then by Wednesday evening, Apostle Thea got a text from Candace. And she said, Dad, the neurologist came and looked at Troy and said, this child is fine. They kept him just one more night to monitor him, but they let Candace take him home in the morning. And, I, and we know that Candace and Travis were acting on Numbers 14, 28. They were in unity. They were praying and they were confessing that Troy was healed in Jesus' name. They never changed their confession. But when Candace took the Troy to the hospital and she saw the intensity of the medical team as they were totally focused on attending to Troy and how serious the matter was, the devil began to shoot doubts of, arrows of doubt and guilt in her head and to her telling her, Candace, you caused your child to fall. You caused the, his, his skull to crack. You caused all these problems in his life. It's you, Candace. You're a bad mother. You're neglectful. And as the arrows are down coming, she had to speak words of faith. 
So through her tears, she just confessed, Troy is healed in Jesus' name. Troy is healed in Jesus' name. You see, family, the devil can put doubt in your mind, and you can have faith in your heart at the same time. You can have doubt in your mind, but faith in your heart at the same time. And how do you know if you're in faith? If you speak words of faith, you know you are in faith. So when they were discharged and the, do the doctor told him it's going to take Troy three weeks before his head uh, would go down and the welt would go down. They said his whole head would be uh, blue and, and yellow. But when they took him home, the huge welt took two days and it went away. Because Jesus miraculously healed Troy's cracked skull, and he stopped the bleeding, and we gave the Lord the praise. God rescued our grandson from certain destruction, and he's going to rescue your children and your grandchildren also, because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is raising up a mighty army of men and women who will speak the word of these end time. We are going to decree the word in the hopeless situations, and we are going to see God turn the hopeless situations around. God is going to take impossible situations and turn them around. You know what, family? I We live in, in uh, Texas, and they have country western songs, which are so popular, but it's so sad because country western songs go like this. I lost my baby. I lost my truck. I lost my horse. I lost my girlfriend. I lost my mother. I lost my boots. It's so sad you lose everything. But when you get born again by the Spirit of God, you declare the Word of God, everything comes back. I let my house. I get my children. I get my car. I get my healing. I get supernatural. God brings supernatural. You get all back to you. What the devil has stolen, God is going to bring it back to you in Jesus' name as we decree and we declare the word of God out of our mouth. God is raising a mighty army to do exploits in these last days in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.